You know, Vance Havner, that great old revivalist of years gone by, said they had good chronology and good theology, but no doxology. They were in the pit of doubt. Well, the disciples were like that. They had good chronology, good theology, but they were doubting. I want to talk about this business of doubt today on Dayspring. You know, for a time, doubt consumed Jesus' followers. All their dreams shriveled to the dimensions of a borrowed tomb. Let's talk about it. I'm Rex Bullock. Thanks for joining me. Welcome again to this edition of Dayspring. Hello, everybody. I'm Joe Alcorn. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever had doubts about your salvation? Have you ever doubted about God answering prayer? You say, oh, if I'd only been there like Jesus' followers, to see him, to touch him, to sit at his feet, I would never have another ounce of doubt. Are you sure? Today on Dayspring, Rex Bullock talks about this, and you may be surprised. We'll be going to Rex for his weekly visit in about three minutes, but first, let's worship with the singers on this song called, We Shall See the King. Thank you. 
Thank you very much, singers. We shall see the king when he comes. Well, I want to welcome Rex to this microphone now. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I thoroughly look forward to coming along and just being here for Dayspring, our worldwide worship service. This is a time when you and I can share the Word of God, can feel strengthened as we open His book, and then as we worship together. And the worship music was beautiful as always today. How are you? I hope that you're having a great week. Maybe it's the weekend where you are. And uh, if so, I just pray that God is uh, blessing you and giving you a wonderful time. We always take time out to share the Word of God, to spend some time around His Word. That's what Dayspring is all about. 23 years now of just coming, teaching God's standard for holy living. Say, my friend, I would love to hear from you. Your letter, your call would be so helpful. In fact, we need to hear from you during this month. And uh, I'm saying that now because it's vitally important that we have two-way communication. We communicate week after week. And uh, that's always uh, enjoyable for us because we sense and feel that God is at work. But to hear from you, to know that you're there, to sense and feel that uh, you really are a part of our great listening audience would just be so helpful. And the only way to really know that is if you let us know. Why not write today? And as you write, tell us that you would like a copy of the book that we're making available which is Families Under Stress, God's Strength During Stressful Times. Here's a book that will give you scriptural basis for uh, help during the times that you're going through. You'll need it, and uh, unless I miss my guess, most of us are going through stressful times. That seems to be a part of the landscape today, and so... Uh, if indeed you find yourself there, why not let us know? And we would like to make available to you families under stress. God's strength for stressful times. Now, as you, uh, as you write or as you call, please uh, give us the call letters of this station and uh, let us know uh, that you are listening there, if you're a first-time listener, we'd love to know that, too. And say, my friend, why not slip in a gift to help with the ongoing of this worldwide ministry? That would just be uh, so appreciated, and I can tell you for sure that it's needed. I'll look forward to hearing from you today. Let me give you the address, and then later on, Joe Alcorn, our host, will uh, be giving it to you once again. That address is simply Rex Bullock, Dayspring, Post Office Box 56300, Portland, Oregon, 97238. And our toll-free telephone number is 1-800-783-DAYS, D-A-Y-S, or 1-800-783-3297. All right, I'll be looking forward to your call and your letter, and uh, we want to get your material 
on its way back to you so that it can be of uh, real value to you. Today I'm talking about doubt. Scripture has somewhat to say about it. Jesus' followers doubted. Let's discuss doubt today on Dayspring. Thank you very much, Rex. Well, listening friend, it was once said that such is life and it grows suchier and suchier. Well, what it means is, is that life is becoming more stressful all the time. For families under stress can be yours just by asking for it when you write as you communicate with us, my friend. Would you prayerfully consider what you can do financially to help Dayspring continue to teach God's standard for holy living? We would appreciate it very, very much. Request the book as you write Dayspring, Post Office Box 56300, Portland, Oregon, 97238. Or you can order by telephone, toll-free, 1-800-783-DAYS. Well, Rex is ready to deliver his message called, Some Doubted. But before he comes to speak, let's enjoy more worship in a song called, I look to you. I look to you. You are my healer. I look to you. You restore my soul. I look to you. Jesus
And now, for today's message, here's Rex. You know, believing is tough when your dreams fall apart. That's what happened to Jesus' disciples. They believed enough to worship him, but some doubted. You can read that in Matthew chapter 28, verse 17. In fact, if you back up just a few verses, it says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. They still had lots of questions. When Jesus told them he would go to Jerusalem and suffer and be killed and be raised again the third day, it torpedoed their dream. Peter scolded Jesus and told him to forget it. That's over in Matthew chapter 16. And and just a short time later, while Jesus sat with his 12 disciples at the Last Supper, he warned them, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now that revived their faith temporarily. Shocking as it seems, by the very next day, all 11 disciples turned and fled. What Jesus had revealed in the light was forgotten in the dark. Now, Jesus also faced indescribable anguish. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, you read, O my Father, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus asked, Is there any other way? And yet he was willing to suffer if God willed it. And later, while dying, he called, Why have you forsaken me? His suffering tells the world once and forever how God feels about pain. God cares about human suffering. I love the writings of C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis said, God whispers to us in our pleasure. He speaks to us in our conscience, but shouts to us in our pain. That is so true. For a time, doubt consumed Jesus' followers. After his arrest, their doubts were so huge that it says in Matthew 26, all the disciples forsook him. They could not grasp why he had been crucified. Their kingdom dreams shriveled to the dimensions of a borrowed tomb. And yet on the third day after his death, several women arrived at his grave to embalm his body. And they were terrified to find it missing. Now you remember that Jesus had told them that he would not be there. He had taught very plainly that on the third day he would rise again. Here these women go to the tomb with the spices in their hands, the linens draped over their arms. They're going to minister to a dead Christ. They're going to embalm his body. And when they get there and he's not there, they're perplexed. They're terrified. Later that day, Mary Magdalene saw Jesus alive. And she rushed to tell the others. (laughs) But you know what? They didn't believe her. They did not believe her. Later on, 
two other disciples were walking along the road to Emmaus. They're having an interesting conversation as they are returning from Jerusalem to their home about seven miles. You know what they were saying? Well, they said, we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. However, today is the third day since all these things happened. You can just sense the doubt, can't you? You sense the pathos in their voice. They're doubting. They're, they don't know what to make of all of this. They had gone out on a limb, they thought, to really believe and put their confidence and trust in this Galilean. And now he's gone. And their world seems very dark. And they're skeptical. They're doubting. They're downcast. In fact, as Jesus came uh, to them, you remember in that story found in Luke chapter 24 that as they're walking along, this stranger, Jesus, of course, suddenly appears. And he says, why in the world are you so sad? They said, don't you know what's happened? I mean, you, you must not be from these parts Else you would have known what happened in Jerusalem this week. Vance Havner, that great old Southern Baptist revivalist years ago, said they had good chronology and good theology, but no doxology. They were in the pit of doubt. Well, shortly after, the resurrected Christ revealed himself to them. And you remember that as he talked with them on that road, it says their hearts burned within them. He began to go back into all of the writings and the prophecies, way back to Moses, and he told them of the things concerning himself. And uh, their eyes were opened. Their doubts were banished. Now, doubt is understandable in some situations. Doubt can save us from acting too hastily. Or, or making a commitment to unworthy causes. Doubt, in this context, is not an enemy of faith. Sometimes uh, some of us would do well to be just a little less hasty and maybe doubt what we hear, particularly if it comes from some uh, salesperson. But Scripture implies that doubt began in Lucifer's heart when he doubted God's authority and aspired to be like the Most High. Doubt on earth was conceived in the Garden of Eden, when Satan, through the serpent, cast doubt on God's character. Well, sadly, Adam and Eve bought into doubt and disobeyed God's clear directives, which resulted in rebellion. Even in the Gospels, doubt suggests a lack of confidence in God. Peter doubted Jesus' ability to keep him from drowning. He was accused of having little faith. He doubted that he could walk on water. Now, we're also told that if we have faith and do not doubt, we can move mountains. Faith, again, is presented as the opposite of doubt. Ah, my friend. Thomas' doubts were ultimately for our good because he established the fact that the Jesus of history and the Jesus of faith are one and the same. Now, I want to say that again because that is so important for us. 
Thomas doubts were ultimately for our good because he established the fact that the Jesus of history and the Jesus of faith are one and the same. Because of Jesus' life, no one ever needs to ask, does Jesus care? Does God care? Does he care about me? Can I tell you something? Suffering does not mean that God has forsaken us. Jesus sat where we sit. He understands. He has been there, and through his life on earth, he experienced every conflict that comes to us. Oh, yes, Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. It's life-changing to view the doubts of Good Friday against the light of Easter Sunday. A lot of disciples doubted. They, uh, they couldn't figure it all out. They wondered about it. But can I tell you that Jesus Christ dispelled those doubts and fears? And the Jesus of history and the Jesus of faith are one and the same. He is there. And you and I can put our full confidence and our full trust in him. He will be there. Oh, yes. Now, let me ask you about your own doubts. Maybe you've doubted that something you have prayed for really is ever going to happen. Maybe you are doubting that you're going to see that breakthrough in your life like you need to. Perhaps you've been praying for a child to come to faith in Jesus Christ, and it hasn't happened, and you're beginning to doubt. Or maybe you're wondering about your physical condition, and, and uh, it seems dark, and you're, you're just doubting if Jesus really cares for you. Well, Peter, in writing to those early Christians who were suffering, said, casting all our care upon him, for he cares for you. You can know today that Jesus Christ really cares, that he loves you, and that he's going to bring you through. You don't have to doubt. You can have full confidence knowing that Jesus Christ is alive. He knows your nature. He knows your need. And he knows your name. Oh, yes. Father, just now, I thank you that you are alive, that you rose from the grave, that you are the resurrected Christ. And though there were those that wondered, they doubted as to whether or not you truly were Jesus, the Son of God. All of that has been cleared up by the resurrection. You are alive historically. And you're alive in our heart by faith. And we know it and we believe it and we sense it. And so for that reason, we're saying, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing right now and what you're going to do in the future, though we may not see it all, though we may not understand it all. You're going to bring us through. And we believe that in time our doubts will clear away and we'll be under the light, the sunshine of your love once again, knowing 
that you truly are at work in our lives and working for our good and your kingdom's best. Thank you, Lord, just now. I pray that you would touch that one who is undergoing doubts right now. May they be comforted. May they sense that they can have their doubts cleared up and once again can know that your arms are about them and they're going to make it and we'll praise you. Amen. Thank you for that message, Rex. I'm going to give our address again so our listeners can order the book Families Under Stress. Our address is Post Office Box 56300, Portland, Oregon, 97238. Or you can call and order toll-free, 1-800-783-DAYS, 1-800-783-DAYS. Well, next time, Rex will be behind this microphone again with a message called Taking Hold of Christ. Please join us, my friend. So goodbye until next week at this same time on this fine station for Dayspring. Yeah.